Hi, everyone. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today with Film Roundtable. Uh, my name is Maria Prieto, and I'm thrilled to be welcoming the two guests we have on today. Um, before I introduce them, though, I want to lead us through a moment of silence um, to honor all 1,680,283 reported worldwide COVID deaths as of today. Um, we're recording this on December 19th, 2020. We would also like to honor all of our black and brown brothers and sisters, as well as our First Nations brothers and sisters whose lives have been taken by the hands of police brutality and other senseless acts of violence. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Um, we've been holding you know, space for that silence since our first round table. And, you know, I hear now everyone's back on set and a lot of my friends working, there's just cases with people on set. And it's just, it's tough because we have to work, but we really, we have to do it being very aware, being really safe, um, taking care of each other and just living with empathy. Hmm. So on that note, I want to introduce today's guests. We have actor and director, Samantha Scafidi, and cinematographer Maceo Bishop, both joining us from Brooklyn. Welcome, yay. <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for having point. me. <laughs> of course, yeah. No, I wanna welcome you guys warmly to you know the Film Roundtable family. And I would just wanna thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. And uh, I'm gonna leave you two to talk one-on-one -on -one for the most part. But before I go, I just think it's important for the audience to have a little understanding of your background. Um, you know, how you got started, how, you know, this love affair with this career ended up happening. Um, so, Maseo, why don't you walk us through, you know, your early days in your career and how you ultimately ended up, you know, chasing a life as a cinematographer? It's a long story. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it uh, condensed. Um, I didn't or I didn't know that I wanted to even work in the film business or know it was possible until I met a few people who sort of uh, encouraged me. Um, I think that happens for a lot of us. Um, there's, you know, a mentor or a person who comes along who sort of um, just gives you like, you know, a sense that it's possible for you. And I had a teacher uh, in college who did that, another teacher who sort of introduced me to, um, you know, people in the business and got helped me get my first job as a researcher for this company called Blackside Incorporated in Boston. Um, they did the Eyes on the Prize series, which is a pretty well-known uh, series on the civil rights movement. And I was a researcher there on um, a project on Malcolm X and the Great Depression. So that was like my first foray into it. And then there was just a series of, um, you know, people who I met along the way who, um, you know, led me to the, this point where I am now, I guess one of the significant ones would have been the director I was uh, assisting, Earl Sebastian, who basically, uh, you know, through through him and his his wife at the time, Lee Blake got me um, into the business, and I met some of the most like important people in my life, so, like people who are friends of mine to this day, Chris Bottoms, who is now director of photography, and Christy Tully, his wife. You know, we worked together for years and years. Um, there's a whole community of people who I met through, um, through Earl. And then uh, just as a result of some um, really beautiful connections and introductions, I continued working as an assistant 
uh, cameraman into becoming a cinematographer, I mean, into becoming a Steadicam operator for 14 years. And then finally, in the last two years, a cinematographer. Um, Aaron Weil, who is one of the founders of this um, film roundtable, introduced me to Harris Savides um, when I first started Steadicam operating. And I think that that was a pretty uh, important introduction. For one thing, it went well. And Harris and I became friends and I sort of met the community that he created around him, which is incredible. Um, and there are many people who are, you know, honored to be a part of that community. <clears throat> he's, since, he's since passed away. Um, but yeah, Aaron introduced me to, to him and I, then I met more people and till, um, a couple of years ago after, you know, uh, sort of deciding I wasn't going to do uncut gems a couple of times, but then being convinced by Darius Kanji to do it. Um, I decided that was going to be my last film that I was going to do as a steady, steady cam operator. And I think there comes a time in these, like these transitions that we make where you do have to sort of make a decision about, you know, which way you're going to go and, and take that turn and, and, and sort of, it's not so much leaving behind, but just making a decision about, about moving forward. Like in any relationship, I think is probably a good analogy. And mm -hmm. by, by honoring that, you know, that previous relationship and, and doing what is in your heart, I think it, it helps everybody <clears throat> sort of understand like, that this is a real thing for you. And then they can support that more readily. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what happened. And Darius was a big part of that. Your dad, Rodrigo, was a big part of my life as well as a steady cam operator, just teaching me a lot and being there for me and supporting me um, in the work that I was doing. Yeah, and so now I'm, I'm shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Next chapter. And as a cinematographer, you're a researcher, you're a researcher of light, you're a researcher of looks. So it's just something that's continued. And then as a steady cam operator, you develop an intuition around actors, which as a cinematographer, you also need to know. Um, so yeah, it just sounds like there's been so many steps you've had to take in order to have the growth to now, you know, be in this path that you're on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam, what about you? What inspired you? Because, you know, you started acting and you were in front of the camera um, for a big part of your life. And you, mm -hmm. do you still act? I do. It's, it's, it's always like a weird question because I guess it's like you're always an actor. But I, I, mm -hmm. I say it's something that I would do if the role was right and, mm -hmm. you know, the, the right team. But just the focus is purely directing and writing now. I've feel like it's like everything right. in my life just right. met in this one of these two vocations but or directing as one vocation but but like my story is a long winding road kind of like Maceo said he has, it's a it's a longer story but that condense it I started at, I went to business school and like expedited that process and was like I'm going to New York I'm gonna take a summer program in acting and if I don't get an audition then I'll quit you know like, which was not realistic at the time, but I did the summer program and my dad saw how excited and happy I was. And he was like, all right, obviously something shifted in you. So if you're going to do this, you have to do it properly. So he like supported and, and motivated me to go to like two years of conservatory. I did that. It was like seven days a week, like full time. Um, so you weren't really able to audition, but I committed fully. And then when I got out, you know, you know, I, I didn't have a showcase. We didn't have 
agents. We didn't have um, any sort of rep at the time. So it was, I started learning how to produce. So within the past, I think decade prior to directing full-time, I was acting, producing, acting, producing. Um, and then I started making side projects. Uh, just kind of was like, not even like, try I wasn't trying to be a director per se, but I just started finding my own voice and then seeing how that was unraveling. And then, I th yeah, it's, it was this weird thing where I think magic kind of happened and, you know, my, my film, one of the films I had made, which is a music video, which is like an even greater story, but ended up getting released. And then it got in the hands of Alden Dahlia, who was at Division 7 at the time. And then he had like sent it over to people at Smuggler. And then I, it got in the hands of Patrick Milling Smith, who is one of the owners of Smuggler. And, you know, and I think Maceo had mentioned before, like you have like kind of people and mentors that come into your life and kind of are like, tell you that it's possible. And I remember sitting with him in one of our meetings and him saying, I know you're, it may be uncomfortable for you to call yourself a director, but you are. And it's gonna take you time, but you know, I, basically he was recognizing something in myself that I wasn't necessarily aware of. And so that's kind of the better part of the last year and a half has been like kind of owning that and realizing that all the things I had been working towards were like coming together in this one, this one thing. So that's how I, long story short of how I ended up going from acting to directing. It's interesting you say that because I was recently talking to a friend who is also trying to, has directed a couple small projects and you know, she had some hiccups with a crew member and they really did have to have like an intense conversation. And my friend was uncomfortable stating the fact that her vision was hers and she was the director and she hated, she was like, I don't want to call myself the director. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, like you're not, that's not a lie. Like that's a truth. That's a fact. Yeah. And you have to own it. You have to be comfortable with the role that you're, you know, undertaking. Um, yeah. So it's, it's weird. It's weird. Cause you don't sometimes know that that I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's important to sometimes you need that support, you know, you need someone to say you are, you know, because especially if you never had any intention or it wasn't really on your radar, you mm -hmm. know, to own that kind of feels. I don't know. It, it was always difficult for me to own because I didn't go to school for it, you know. I right. didn't. I wasn't, and then that there's like some shame and guilt attached to that, you know, that I happened to end up in as a director with the company that and with the support that I, I have. Mm -hmm. So like I pinch myself, but, but yeah, it's, you are, you're doing it and you have every right to, to do it and to have a voice and, you know, and have a vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could you guys talk a little bit about the first project that brought you together? And I mean, Sam, I know it was a very personal project for yours. So maybe you can start, um, you know, from how the idea got developed, how Patrick helped you with Smuggler and you yeah. know, how Maceo ultimately came on yeah. All right. So I'm going to try to long story short this. Um, so yeah, around, around Mar end of March, I was, uh, I had my what was March, late March. I had my first meeting with Patrick at Smuggler sent me to LA. I met Brian like within that week. And then all of a sudden I was back on a flight and I had this feeling, but also it was discussed that potentially there was uh, interest in, in seeing how my career panned out. And if there was, anything that they could potentially develop, which I didn't even know was like really a thing. <laughs> and you know, that there was, you could develop and that was, but anyway, I ironically had all these scripts 
And my really good friend, Freddie Stevens, who's a treatment writer, also a writer, director, he spent like three days in my apartment and was like, we're gonna, you know, fine tune these, fine tune these, and we're gonna put them into treatment. And, you know, Maceo kept mentioning community, community. And early on, I had Freddie Stevens and my friend, Allison Anderson, who I think was on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allison kind of helped me with visuals and we put together these treatments for four projects that I had that had been written. And so when I went into my second meeting with Patrick, you know, I, I had presented four very personal and important works and to me, for me at least, and he ended up seeing Wait, which was the hospital film. And it was based off a story that actually happened in my twenties when my, uh, my friend had called me and asked if I could meet her at the hospital and, you know, she had just been raped. So it was something that I had written. I wasn't quite sure what the story was, what it meant, but that was the one that kind of he selected out of the hat and um, which ended up being a blessing. And then, which leads us to, you know, we start, me and him start working, shopping it for about a month and a half. You know, we were trying to get it to a place where, you know, I think in the original story, I was in the hallway with her and the story, you know, we had discussed and he even suggested Patrick, you know, potentially taking me out of it. Cause there's, you know, a lot of women and men who don't really have anyone who go to the hospitals with them. So anyway, long story short is we get it to a place we're really good at and it gets greenlit and Smuggler was amazing. They supported it and, and they wanted to finance it. And that's where you come in, Maria, because <laughs> you, <laughs> we were looking for cinematographers. And I think like, especially being a newer director, the, the right place to go is to have a more experienced cinematographer. I, you know, at least, and I remember sitting in one of the offices at Smuggler and you had mentioned Maceo. And I remember like Maceo Bishop and Allison, my last, my producer was there and she like, was like, yes, a hundred percent. Let's, let's, let's bring him in. And then, uh, so you were the matchmaker on that. And then I remember <laughs> very vividly Maceo coming to have a meeting with me. We were on the rooftop at Smuggler and it was like three hours of just us talking about story, which like right then I was like, this is it. This is exactly who I want to collaborate on this with and then the rest is history but it was a really natural yeah that was a really natural conversation a really creative conversation I think that for both of us and I didn't I didn't know what I was was stepping into exactly but you know once we once we started I mean I knew the the general sort of concept but you talk about like you know uh, an experienced DP I mean at the time I think you know I had been in it for you know been doing it for maybe a year um as you know as a dp so i I don't know if i was the most experienced (laughs) i have some experience um so so that conversation you're talking about (laughs) yeah that conversation was i you know i've had like um some conversations but i mean it's it's always nice when you like get in a room and it's easy to talk um to a person and it's easy to talk and you find yourself like you know sort of like hitting on all the on all the creative sort of markers that you hope to hit when you're working with somebody as a director, for me as a direct, you know, as a DP working with the director, I'm sure vice versa with all of the departments that you work with. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we seem to, we seem to do that. Yeah, really. Yeah. Really. Well, it, well, I guess it like goes back to, and we've talked about this is like, what are you, what are you looking for in like a working relationship with someone that you're, you know, going to go to battle with on this 
on this story and or this film and you know it, I think I since I've made films prior to that I was always desirous of a relationship where uh, someone else was just as passionate about story as I was you know like eventually we'd get to the technical aspects of filmmaking but I remember sitting on that rooftop and you know, we just, we, we just, we riffed and it wasn't like, we weren't like, okay, now we're going to talk about shot design. It was like, we were talking about moment to moment, like the experience of what that would be for an individual. And then out of that came like, what if the camera was here? And then the next moment I was like, well, if it's there and then it cuts to this, wait, that's, and all of a sudden story was getting more specific. And, mm-hmm. and I hadn't, I mean, for me, I hadn't, I have, uh, you know, I, I had a, I had never experienced that in that way. So I was kind of like, hmm. So like even, you know, quote unquote experience as a cinematographer, even if you had just like officially transitioned, I think your experience as a storyteller was the thing that kind of like made me just like stop at my tracks. And then I think for me, it was what ended up being the most fulfilling collaboration at that time. And then even beyond that time, but yeah. Yeah, that was a good start. <laughs> that was a good start. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're seven in. We're still like we're still we're still doing it, so it's not terrible. I know that's a crazy thing. Seven, seven, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, we're, I think we're on our seventh project. Um, we had talked. We, you know, this is not the first time that we're speaking to each other. We speak <laughs> often, sometimes every day for periods of time. Um, yeah. One of the, like one of the things I might as well just like start us down that little path that we had started talking about yesterday but like one of the things I'm curious about for you is and I, I imagine other people would be curious about is like what it was like to transition from being an actor mm-hmm. and, and you're still an actor but like to be an actor and to be stepping into this role as a director what were some of the things that were like challenging for you about that and or or, may, or maybe are still challenging and yeah. what I guess then what you would sort of advise because I imagine there are a lot of actors now these days who are who are also like well yeah that can be me I'm going to write the stories that you know I want to tell and not just wait for somebody else to you know be the one to yeah I'm I'm glad we've talked about this before because I've had time to think about like a a condensed answer but also just an answer um I think the most challenging thing if I was to to name it was off the bat, I felt confident with story. I felt confident with actors. I felt confident with, you know, how do I get a performance out of an actor? The emotion, what are we striving for? How do we, like all aspects of story and acting, I was like, okay, I can do that in my sleep. Cause I had 10 to 12 years of preparation, reading the best plays, reading the, from the best playwrights, to the best, watching movies my whole entire life to, to even just performing in a scene. So. I think what I wasn't really aware of, but I, I always had the thoughts was, how does one even put a shot list together? Mm. You know, how does one even shoot in order to, you know, have an edit, you know? Cause I think those are those technical things that, you know, I would see things in my head, but I didn't know if we went out and executed, if it would translate. Mm. So I think what ended up happening though, is like a lot, what I think naturally happened was in the first few films I did, they ended up being very highly technical. Like it was weird. I was like into oneers, but I didn't even know what oneers were mm. because like I was, I mean, like I knew what they were cause I saw them in films, but I wasn't like someone who was like trying to understand the technical aspects of filmmaking. But I was just, just naturally when I would be 
you know, looking over a script, like one of the first films I shot was like a, a, a one shot through a doorway that had vertigo effect on it, vertigo effect on it. Um, and then the second one was like a fake oneer, which looking back now, understanding how to execute that, I think I was crazy for even wanting to approach it that way. But it was just, I realized- with about tea with milk? Yeah, me, the tea, milk and honey. Tea, milk and honey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 no, I- that is so like, I look at that and I'm like, that was so crazy as like a third film to potentially try to execute. And in like, we did it overnight with, and within 12 and a half hours, which we went over a bit, mm. but I was able to execute it because of the team that I had, the professionals that I had. But if I look back when that worked out, I was like, okay, you have to have start having confidence. So the, the biggest fear in the transition that was hard was like, can I do this thing technically? Is it going to translate? And then with the success of that, I think that I kind of was like, all right. I mean, I understand how craft works. It's like, it's a journey. It's over time. You never stop learning. So, you know, I, I, I have the mindset, like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to try things out. It's not going to work out. So that aspect of any craft, I'm like, I can accept. But I think the biggest fear was the technical thing. Well, that, I mean, you... That was a home run. Like that's the joke. <laughs> like I mean, that's why. I mean, that's also like I want to say like I saw that because I didn't know who you were and I saw that and I was like I kind of was like oh I might be out of my depth with this one like she I'm she because it was so good I was like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do like I hope she doesn't want to try to do that film for for weight you know because it, it looks yeah, so, yeah. Like, technically challenging um it it was but it's it's funny it, I didn't. I tried to keep doing wonders because oddly enough, I thought wonders were easier for my mind to understand. Cause I was like, what's an edit and when do you cut? And then you have, and then that, that starts to dissipate. But, uh, but yeah, early on, but, uh, but no, please, are you kidding me? I, I'm going to throw this question back at you and then I'm going to say something about, well, I'll say now the gift that you gave me and then I'll, I'll throw it back at you. The gift that you gave me was, I, you know, knowing your pedigree and knowing where you came from, who you worked with, the films, and seeing your work, you're like, you know, especially as a new director, you're like, am I worthy of that? And I think like, ultimately it was a beautiful collaboration, but what the gift that you gave me is anyone with that experience could have came on to wait, which is the film, the first film we made. Could have came in, and I said this to you and Danny, because Danny, Danny McCabe was our, our gaffer, also amazing writer director. Like you guys with your pedigree coming into this film with this unknown director, new, like I wasn't even full-time directing at that time, still acting. And you trusted me. You weren't like, okay, I'm gonna come in and like tell her how this needs to go, which is definitely something that happens. So I think, and especially when my confidence was still building a little bit, I wasn't fully, you know, where I needed to be in confidence wise. And that was like the greatest gift. And I've told you that, that you could have given me was that trust and like that partnership, as opposed to trying to, you know, be like, all right, let me, let me <laughs> tell her how this is going to go. And, that, and, and yeah, that, that made all the difference, especially for me. And, and then with that confidence going forward. So thank that's, you. I mean, I think that's, <laughs> you know, I think that's where the most, and I'm, I imagine you would agree, like that's where the most interesting sort of creative, you know, connections and collaborations come from is like when there's a, when that there's healthy trust there and communication. I mean, we, we started off that way with like, you know, our conversation on the roof and then, you know, continued it through that project. And I think that project, you know, 
shows. I, sh- I think it shows in the, yeah. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that piece. I'm proud of Wade. Um, I'm very proud of that. That was, that was another uh, awesome kind of, you know, film to look back on and feel really, yeah, how that evolved. But now your, your turn. Um, how was your transition and was it, I mean, I've asked you this before, but was it overnight? Was it something that like it took time to really like make that decisive decision how you had said earlier or was it difficult? Was it, you know? Yeah, I think um, all of those things <laughs> took time. It was <laughs> difficult, uh, um, <laughs> uncomfortable, but in all the, all the ways that it's supposed to be. You know, yeah. I think that um, sometimes, I mean, I think people get held up in making transitions in their lives because of the discomfort. And I think the more that we like embrace that, that's the reality of any change uh, and everything has changed, you know, um, it makes it a little bit easier if you can kind of like accept the fact that you are going to be uncomfortable for a period of time after you make this, this move. Um, but you know it's the right move for you then it just makes it a little bit um a little bit easier i can't say that i have always done that <laughs> you know <laughs> i feel like that's like my hindsight and i'm like yeah that's how i'm gonna do it next time but probably <laughs> it's probably gonna be difficult i'm probably gonna procrastinate you know whatever yep. <laughs> it is you know again but um no i mean i've i've gone through like a couple of different sort of incarnations of my career in this business being an assistant to a director to a loader, second AC, first AC, you know, steady cam operator, and now DP. And I've been many things in between in my life too, like, you know, a husband and a father and, you know, gone through transitions with that as well. So there, you know, it seems to keep on, like they keep on coming and I keep on making them. So that's good. Um, but they yeah. have taken time. Uh, and I think that like having <clears throat> gone through a few, um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm sort of talking about. And when I say like, I know they're going to be uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. This one has been, I, I'd say this one has been like the least uh, difficult um, mm-hmm. because I just sort of like, yeah, I knew, and I had a lot of support. I have a lot of people who um, have given me like opportunities and chances to like, see if I could do it. And mm. I'm trying to not disappoint each and every time. You know? <laughs> Don't, I've never. And not well, to get fired or whatever. I, did, did you, for cinematography specifically, because you obviously, I, and I understand that the rebirth of like, it's like you do one thing, all of a sudden it's like, oh, now we're doing something different. Was it always something that like, was something you knew you always wanted to do cinematography or was that something that started happening only a couple months or a year or two prior? You know, when when you started to think about it or was it something you always wanted to do? I, it was not something like I always wanted to do. And to this day, I'm still trying to like define it for myself. You know what I mean? It's still, mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a definition of it and we're, you know, what we do together is that's the job that I'm doing. But, you know, I try to pull in like as much as I can of myself in it as well. And so that's where I think like our, our, uh, communication, you know, style with each other and, and the style that I have try to have with other directors that I work with, like this open creative communication is not always necessarily what I've understood the, the job to be. I'm hoping I'm bringing something a little bit more of myself. Yeah. To. Um, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't something I knew I wanted to do because I didn't know it could be done. I didn't know that this was a job that, you know, people, you know, that you could have. Um, yeah. And, you know, sort of like 
and and even when I was like a, a an AC and a steady cam operator, and I was looking at the DPs, it was a bit of a mystery, you know. Yeah. I mean, I knew what I was doing, and I knew how you know I could contribute, you know. And I think I made an effort to you know contribute as much as I possibly could, but I didn't one hundred percent understand like um, how to make the jump to where they were, and how yeah. the relationships changed and the dynamics changed. Um, until I started doing it, you know, and then, yeah, and some things are like, wow, that's a lot, and some things are like, okay, a bit easier than I thought, you know. That's like right. It's in. It's an individual thing, right? Because it's like some people. There's like, I mean, there's like traditional ways, you know, and there's like the, you know, going to school for it, and you know, coming out, and there's like, I don't know, there's like, there's could be a very methodical way, and then sometimes it just happens, where you fall into it and then you know but but you came up i think we've talked about this like a I guess, traditional way which is very different than i think how it is today because it it feels like there's a lot of things you can and not in a negative way but maybe in a positive way where you can kind of bypass a lot of yeah. things to get to to where yeah yeah we were talking a, bit, a little bit about that i think you know and i think that the way that i came up was just the way that it was at the time and it wasn't even like I was intentionally like climbing, you know, like the ladder or whatever. It's just, you know, it just sort of lays out and looks like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, today is like, today it's really different. And I think that there, I don't think there's anything wrong with like, you know, going right to the thing that you are excited about or mm. especially for like, you know, creatives today, like you can be an actor and be a director and be a writer and all of that is okay. And I love that. Like, I love yeah. that there's that openness. Um, and I think that, you know, it's not like you're going to miss out on your challenges, you know, <laughs> you're going you're to get all your lessons, you're going to get all your bumps, no matter what, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so it's good. So yeah. was that, so with your experience was, I know you had, like you sort of described it, I think a little bit as like a little imposter syndrome or like, you know, how did I just, like, <laughs> you know, which yeah. we all experience. Like we all, I'm, I experience it every time I walk on a set. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be the DP now. So yeah. <laughs> better act like it. Um, yeah, I know, right? So was that something perform. that you, <laughs> Yeah. Was there like a first time on set as a director that you remember and you were like, I am that? Not like where you believed it yourself, but like you were like, I'm supposed to, I'm here showing up as the director today. It was probably your first film. I, I don't know if I'm like too conscious about it i think when i did tea milk and honey well not even prior to that <sighs> you know I, it's it's hard to like take a label like I, I i think we've talked about this and there's like this guilt and shame that i have and i think owning the title because i i think you know i didn't go to school for it um you know and i didn't uh, it wasn't something that i necessarily thought knew that i wanted that i thought was possible so i understand like the difficulty to get where I am on the platform that I am. You know, a lot of people work really hard and, and sometimes never get that opportunity to go to school. So there's like that thing that I'm very aware of, but then I also, and we've talked about this, it's like, but that doesn't take away from the amount of work that I've put in over the last decade and the amount of money that I've spent on my own career, just wanting to tell stories. And I think it, for me, it's like, I, I don't even know if I identify as a I identify as a director because I'm on set and I'm a director, you know, they go, where's the director? And they go, here she is, Sam. But like, I more identify as a storyteller. 
you know, and sometimes like it's going to call for me to be the director. Sometimes it's going to be something that I'm really passionate about where I'm a producer or maybe I'm acting in something. But yeah, there is like, uh, there, like, a, and now I think now I can own it. Now I can say, you know, I am a director. I am a writer. I am, I am those things without shame and guilt. But I think for a long time it was like, if I, there was that, that awareness and that guilt that kind of was just kind of attached to it. But, uh, but then like, I, you know, we, yeah. Yeah, I only bring it up because I think it's something that's probably relatable for a lot of people who might be listening like that, you know, once you once you're making a transition that there is that feeling that everybody has and sometimes it's nice to know that you're not the only one, you know, having it. Well, and like you said, it's like, it's not like you're not going to get all the lessons, you know, it's <laughs> like, uh, it's not like, like, oh, we've talked, we've definitely talked about this. It's like, it's not like all of a sudden you're called a director and it gets easy and now you're a director and it's like you have to learn all the lessons and you also have to like the challenge of like keeping that that ball up and like growing and and you know the expectations of like it you, you know wanting your projects to to be good and for people to see them and be affected by them or like you know you it's a constant Directing is excruciating. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about DPing. Go. I don't know. I feel like I'm like writing, mm, safe place. Yeah. Like, let me, mm. let me like find a little, you know, room somewhere where no one knows where I am. And let me just like be with this idea, you know, but directing it's, I don't know if you feel this way about DPing. It's, it's hard, man. It's like, it's, it's true. You, there's a film you write, there's a film you shoot, there's a film you edit. And like, a lot of it is just like showing up and letting the story tell itself but there's just so many challenges and so many I'm failing all the time and mm. that's the, I think acting prepared me for that <laughs> <laughs> constant rejection mm. but uh but I mean what about for DPing I mean like I mean, piece do, of cake you... love it <laughs> <laughs> so easy. glad I'm, I'm like being to your yang you're succeeding and I'm freaking stabbing myself <laughs> <laughs> so happy right now um <laughs> No, it's, 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 it's good. I mean, it, it's, it suits me. Um, I think that projects are, this is what I was, one of the questions I, th I thought about for you, like, and for any directors, really, like, you're on a different time frame. like, you're, you're starting much earlier, you're finishing much, much later, and you have to sort of stay connected with this story for, for so long, like, how, how do you maintain your, you know, focus on, on something for so long? Uh, I, I think, well, like, let me tell you, <laughs> I'm jealous of you. I'm like, let me move from project to project. No, uh, no, there's, that's a, that's a challenge within itself though. We'll address that. But like to answer your question, it's, I mean, when you get bit by a story it kind of like feels like you get, you get caught up for a bit, but it, the time like doesn't exist. And when you're in it, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, once it's, once you're developing it and it gets greenlit, it's like, you're on this roller coaster ride and all of a sudden three months have passed and you're like okay mm. I need to take a break because I might lose my mind but I, I don't know I feel like it actually scares me to have less time on projects I think that's what I realized because like sometimes we we've done projects together wait we had like at least a month prior to it ish I had like two months prior to that and I really got to like allow life to happen and you know to experience things that helped to shift the story to where it needed to be just even in terms of the script, you know, and having the time to really like digest it, have those moments with you. And, and that was amazing. And that is like how I wish every film 
I could have. I wish every film I had, I could have the time that I needed for that film, which is never mm. you're able to predict. Um, but it, yeah, no, I, I kind of enjoy, I, I, I enjoy that, that time with it. You mm. know, it's the other thing where I, I have to, where I've had, we've had to do shoot two films in a month where I'm like, there's no way that these are at the, you know, the place they need to be, but we still have to show up and we still have to do what we have to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but how about you for you? Like, I guess throwing it back in the office that like, I can't imagine just going from job to job, you know, and, and how you can serve, you know, serve that. And then, you know, having to shift gears because you're probably like in production of something and then preparing for another thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that like, you know, depending on what job you're doing in this business, you're, you're working the muscles needed for that particular job. So, you know, um, that is what, you know, that is what I've grown accustomed to, to doing, to showing up and sort of like being, getting into the moment and being in the moment as, as well, as far as like actual production and being on set, like being there and getting in the moment uh, as quickly as possible and being able to sort of assess what's going on and listening for what feels like the, the most truthful mm. moment and trying to receive that obviously you know for us like to use our you know projects as examples like we have a conversation about what the intent is and then there's a compass that's guiding you know us together through the production process to find the yeah. things that are the most truthful and the most beautiful in those moments and tell the story the best um yeah so i mean i think that it's you know as far as like you know the difference between the two, I think it's just, yeah, I'm just a little bit more trained. My muscles are a little bit more sort of built for this, um, for DPing and being in that, in that moment and sort of like serving the story in the way that DPs serve the story, you know? Yeah. Um, and problem solving and, but also like sort of be listening and doing all the things where we need to do in that moment. Um, and then I guess, yeah. I guess there is like a sort of when a project ends, you're sort of like, you know, you're heading out of it and moving into another like sort of emotional space with the next project, whatever it is. Um, and maybe the worlds cross a little bit in, in between. Yeah. I feel like that get, that naturally goes to something else that we should discuss, which is like our working relationship, which to me is something that I cherish because I feel like every time we approach a project, I learn something from you and we grow together in a lot of ways, like, and going back to what you're saying about like being present, you know, and showing up, like sometimes, like, I, like when we shot those, we shot two music videos, I think, uh, uh, you know, in, in during, like during the safer part of the pandemic. Um, and we were talking about like, you know, me being more comfortable with more time and you know, having more time to be specific and having more time to plan things out and you kind of like, you know, having to go from job to job and flex that muscle, but show up and listen. Mm -hmm. I remember we were, it, yeah, it is extremely difficult for me to, like to not have a shot list and to not have every intention kind of be plotted out terrifies me. Like to not know what an edit it's gonna look like. That being said, like I still know, show up, allow the, to the story to dictate itself. Like, like, like that thing that I, I heard at the DGA, a director said, like, if you start out with the script you wrote, you weren't listening. Mm -hmm. So like with that in mind, like I understand that, but I think on the, on these music videos with you, I remember I was nervous, you know, going into it. And I was like, 
there's no script like you know and, and that happens a lot with some artists want to do like that avant-garde stuff you know kind of see what unfolds and see what you know what happens and I felt like it, in any other circumstance I probably would have lost my mind a little bit but I knew like you were going in it with me and and you were like we're just gonna we're gonna show up and we're gonna be there and we're gonna like let you know I don't do you remember that I think we had a discussion yeah, where yeah. I was like ah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there I mean I think we're like I think maybe I could say this about like anybody who's working in this business who's interested in stories like we're we're like tune we're like trying to tune into like what something you know whatever the truth is of a particular moment is for us and I think that that can be experienced like on set if we show up with like in your in the case that you're describing like with no script and and some folks and a camera and we can start sort of listening for what feels like it makes the most sense or is the most interesting or the most fun, you know, about the story. And that can, you know, but that same thing like pertains to like how we experience our lives too. Like when we see each other, like how sort of present or not present we're willing to be when we're interacting with people, you know, um, in our community, in our families, you know, not in our family, you know, the people we know, strangers, there's always a way I think for us to like um, be listening in some way. Yeah with our hearts or with our minds or with our ears, you know what I mean? But like, we can be, we can be really tuning into what's happening so that, so that our response can be, you know, um, you know, considered and, yeah. um, and, and right, you know, based on yeah. what we're hearing. And I think that that project that we were doing, we were like, let's start, you know, let's start listening and see what, what feels right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we we had obviously there were discussions prior to it. we had intention we kind of knew, you know where we were what, what the hope was but like I think to to show up and to allow and I think like that goes back to like and like this is something I think we're starting to talk about is like and why I value our relationship is you know I'm as a director I think it's it's different because you're trying to build your community you know you're not going from job to job at mm. least in my mind it's like I'm looking for the people that I want to work with for the rest of my life you know and a lot of that is finding people that are kind of cut from the same cloth I think you know like story over a lot of you know of anything else you know and, and serving that and then everything else kind of is secondary and and whatnot but um but it, it's funny because you know not every situation I know in the future I'm going to have my ideal circumstances but to know that I'm going in with someone who's going to challenge me you know and who's going to show up and who I trust it just like makes it that much more possible to be less afraid of like failure or, or to know that like, you know, I'm gonna come out of this, you know, in a better position or learning something more. And, you know, and I'm more willing to take risks, I think, knowing mm -hmm. that like, you know, you're there or, you know, anyone within that community that we're building, yeah. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what I was gonna say. Like, you know, it feels like when, you know, we work together, there's a, I think for both of us, like this um, willingness to try things, willingness to go a little bit further than, you know, out of our comfort zone. I think that's great. I think a lot of learning happens there. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful yeah. for that, for, for, you know, the relationship we've cultivated and being able to have that for me too, because I'm learning. I mean, as well, <laughs> like every time we get on a shoot yeah. together, like I'm learning a ton and I'm so um, thankful that I'm getting a chance to do that with you. So, yeah. Um, I remember I'm gonna I'm gonna give this anecdote. Um, an anecdote. Well, I'm not gonna be too specific about it, okay. but I think it's important to be honest. I mean, I think especially when you're doing films, you can get caught up in like, you know, the aesthetics. 
Mm -hmm. And I remember recently, like we were potentially using a certain camera. And I remember I made some comment to you. I was like, I don't want to use that camera. <laughs> you know, like, and this is why I love you because this is what you said. And this is exactly where I come from. But you were like, let's not be those type of people. You know, we're given this under these circumstances. Let's, you know, let's embrace it. Let's own it. Like, and it was absolutely stunning. And it didn't, I mean, you know, but it's, it, I, and I think you can get caught in, you can get caught in those things, you know, especially being newer when there's a lot of emphasis on the way an image looks nowadays. And that's why I love working with you because you challenge me in a way that's like, hold up. That's not, that's not the point. And that's not why we're here doing what we're doing. And I'm like, damn it, you're right. <laughs> so I don't Weren't know. there like some budgetary constraints too? <laughs> there were. <laughs> and by the way, the camera was amazing. And also you behind the camera is amazing. Like it wasn't even like a bad <laughs> option. <laughs> yeah, no, it, was, it worked but in, in, And honestly, I don't even know enough to have that opinion about a goddamn camera. But it was something that I had heard, you know, and, I, and me being, and me just being trying to be honest, it's like, yeah, you can get caught up in the BS. And that's why it's important to have people that you trust who are going to be like, mm, let's check yourself, you know? Yeah. Like, why are we here? You know? And yeah. also that's, that's not the point, right? Yeah. Or let's like, let's find what like really needs our attention more, mm -hmm. the most in this. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's something in the story and it's probably not, you know, necessarily the technical things. I mean, sometimes it is, but um, yeah. I mean, it's all important, right? But those yeah. are not the, the first priorities and they never were in my mind but like i said you know you get you can get caught up you know yeah you're right it's like a pitfall it's like easy to like sort of fall into that pitfall and 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 start focusing on that hi maria you know. hey <laughs> <laughs> uh, no great great talk um sam i'm interested in what you said about your fear well, how you just kind of embraced wonders when you first started because you were kind of scared <laughs> of editing. You were like, I don't like, I just, just rather have one take that makes sense to me. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you've, you've now done several projects that weren't wonders. So I'm curious how, <laughs> you know, you kind of overcame that. And then if you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about your relationship with your editor. Yeah. So I have no idea why I thought a wonder was less challenging than an edit. <laughs> but for some reason <laughs> in my mind I was like if the camera never has to break like this is this is because I, I also do I, I do believe like when you do cut it should be specific you know I mean I think I, I like thrusting a you know the viewer into the experience and once you cut it does kind of like there's a moment where you get pulled out but I don't know I just like it, it was I think that fear like I described of like just not knowing how to shoot for an edit like I've never done it before and a lot of it is just like doing it and then realizing, okay, like that may, like it's not as challenging as I made it seem or, or at least there's ways to protect yourself. You know, you have a cinematographer who knows how to make sure that he gets you some, the shots that you need if you're not fully, you know, aware, which um, has definitely come up before. But yeah, I, I don't know. It was just a weird thought that I had that was like one or it's like I could configure a room and that's maybe my, the way my mind works, but like I could figure a camera moving in a scene with actors easier than I could think about like having to cut at certain points to get coverage. Mm -hmm. Even this day, I don't even know what coverage is. Like it's still extremely challenging. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I know. That's why I love Maseo. Cause I was like, what, why would you get coverage? Like everything is so, everything in my mind is like so specific and technical. Um, but anyway, I would, speaking of editor, um, 
my really good friend Stefania, I used to call her and be like, I have to, we're not doing a one -er. I was like, is this going to work? Like this shot from here to there. I'm like, am I jumping the line? Cause that's something still to this day that scares the hell out of me. Like, am I jumping the line? And it's such a simple concept. And I still like question constantly if I'm, you know, if I'm, if it's all making sense, but I do call my, my really good friend, Stefania, who's um, edited like probably almost all my films. Um, and I always just need to like, I think for my own sanity, just like run through this thing with her. And she's like, yeah, of course that cut's going to work. Like, like, what do you, yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know, I guess that's the long story short, but of my neuroses. <laughs> and Maceo, I'm curious to know, you know, as someone who operated for so long, now that you're a DP on site, how's your relationship with your operators? Like, do you feel like you control everything? Like, yeah. It's super hard. It's yeah? Super, super difficult, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's easy. I mean, the people that I, the people that I, you know, have had the opportunity to work with are friends and people I'm also, you know, sort of trying to like mentor in my own way um you know get help them get jobs that i i am not doing that kind of thing um and i think yeah we have a we have a common language and i think that everybody's making every effort to sort of like well i'm trying to communicate what i want and they're trying to do it and i think that people have given me the room to not always know or be able to like execute that right away but that i but when i was asked to do it i grew into it and i know that if there's any moment if there's ever a moment when we're, you know, we're struggling to get something, I know I want to give them the opportunity that I was given, you mm -hmm. know, at the very least. And that really helps people, you know, and gives them the confidence to do it. And that's a lot of what operating is, you know, it's about making a commitment um, and believing in the commitment that you're making. And you can mm -hmm. feel that when, um, when you're looking at the screen, you know, and that's actually something that I learned directly from Rodrigo. Mm. He, he literally said that to me <laughs> i was doing something wrong actually and he was like just commit and i was like right <laughs> i swear it was like to this day i remember it like it was yesterday it was like very specific and really good and changed my operating you know i think yeah. for the better so yeah no i mean it's it's great you say that you know having been in those shoes having um an understanding and a compassion because I mean, especially, I mean, sometimes there's directors who just have been directing their whole lives. So it's hard for them to grasp other roles and, you know, understanding how many people it takes to really get something together. Um, so I, I think it's important to like have as many roles as you can within this world. Mm. I used to tell it to actors, I was like, produce get mm -hmm. be a production but I also like some directors are afraid of actors I'm like do you want to know how to direct actors make them feel safe and ask them what yep. they need and the only reason why I know that is because of acting it's mm -hmm. like it's so important to, to do the roles because then you have more compassion and you're able to then communicate better mm -hmm. so it's like yeah it's it's huge um, Sam, I read this Andre Tarkovsky quote recently that made me think of you. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he said, <laughs> art should be there to remind man that he is a spiritual being, that he is mm. part of an, infin an infinitely larger spirit, which he will return to in the end. 
And I just, I read that and automatically, I just pictured you because, you know, you're someone that I think of who's constantly exploring art in so many forms. And I feel like there's so much spirituality in what you talk about and in your work. And I guess I just want to hear a little bit about, you know, your inspirations and your thought process behind what you're giving to the world. Oh, uh, I, I know that quote and I love that quote. And I love you for um, thinking of me when you heard that. Um, I've always, I always looked at art as service. That's always been a word that's come up my whole life, service, service, service. Um, and it was always like, it's never about you. It's you're in service of something that's greater than you. That's always been kind of the, the thing that I've um, lived by. You know, it's not about the accolades. It's not about the money. Yes, if you, if you focus on the work, I'm sure those things will come as a byproduct, but it's always the work. Um, and so like, you know, some of the, my favorite filmmakers are just trying to understand existence, you know, and trying to understand the human spirit and, you know, why we're here. And, you know, Tchaikovsky's one of them. Cassavetes was, you know, a huge one. Um, you know, as an actress, there's an actress called Eleonora Duza, who's a famous Italian stage actress who not many people know, but influenced like all of Stanislavski's system and Chekhov and like a lot of these other amazing artists there on their own right had seen her perform. And she used to always say like, you know, it's, it's not about me, get rid of the ego. It's about the work, it's about the work, it's about the work. Um, and I like to believe like, I mean, maybe I, I'm making films out of some part of my ego that's like, you know, for me, but I mean, and I think a lot of it is like working through your life and trying to understand life better and your own thoughts. Yes, for sure, especially writing. But I don't know, like with weight, it's like you, you realize like with that specific film, there's gonna be people who watch that film who are struggling at some point in their life, you know, because of something that they had been through and they don't have the tools for whatever reason because um, they haven't been provided by the government or whatever, you know, to understand what had happened to them. And, you know, we as artists have this ability that through work there's purpose and people can hopefully walk away understanding something a little bit about themselves, you know, and, and maybe making it a little bit more or a little bit more digestible, you know, how difficult life could be. So I don't know. I, I think that's my spirituality is like kind of trying to figure out these questions that I myself am trying to figure out as a human, but then hoping that through the work, I'm able to connect to other people as well so that I can maybe help them answer those questions. That was, was that an answer? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that is one of my favorite things about cinema in general and films and just feeling connected and feeling, you know, less lonely when you watch a film and it's an experience that maybe you haven't gone through, but you, you can feel it. And, mm -hmm. you, and then, you I mean, that's what's so wonderful about going to like the actual cinema and being in a room with a hundred people who are all feeling it together. There's just a euphoria that goes into that. Um, yeah, it's so, like, a, yeah, it's like those two things. It's like you go and you may feel seen when you see something. Mm -hmm. or you go and you're able to understand someone else's experience where maybe you would never be exposed to and now you have more compassion and empathy mm -hmm. and I think that that's the thing it's like to go back to weight it's like you hope that people who watch that have been through that go someone out there is listening mm -hmm. and I'm not alone and then someone else will go to it and be like you know I didn't understand why someone would do the things that they're doing after they experience that thing but now I think I get a little bit of it mm -hmm. and then yeah and that's powerful but mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Um, 
you mentioned again your third film was a wonder and it, it's kind of interesting because it sounds like you weren't scared of it because you didn't you know for you it was like wonders make sense whereas like more experienced directors are like oh god I'm not going to touch a wonder but I love that you know you just weren't you weren't fearful of it at all and you took that risk and Maceo I'm interested to know as a cinematographer if you ever consciously go into a project with a like knowing that there's going to be a risk or like you place some challenge that you want to overcome or if they just come up and then you have to overcome them yeah I, I mean I think the challenges come come up on their own I mean I think you know most projects are you know sort of riddled with like the problems that we need to figure out and solve together um in and uh yeah, so I, I think that, you know, that's one of the fun things about, you know, doing this job. It's like there's a lot of problem problem solving, a lot of, um, you know, creativity. There's a lot of creativity in finding ways of solving the problems that we encounter. Um, Wonders in particular <laughs> are, uh, as a Steadicam operator, like come up, have come up a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in like the right shot to, to tell the story. And if it's a wonder, I'm 100% down. Um, but I think there's also times that, you know, a cut is the right thing. I mean, editing is, a, it's a sweet science, you know? Um, sure. and I think that I've like, um, am, am well on the way to understanding sort of like, at least for me, what feels like, at least for the way that I want to tell stories as a director of photography, I feel like I understand like the strength and the power in both of those things. And trying to help like my director sort of choose the one that feels like it's going to help the story the most is what I think I'm uh, trying, you know, I'm here to do uh, in, in service, like you were saying, Sam, of, of the story, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, everything you decide has to, I always am like, has to be motivated. <laughs> like there has to be motivation to, to the one or, you know, not just the cool shot or the, yeah, but definitely motivated. That's going to serve the story always. We recently had Pat Haywood and Jamil McGinnis on one of mm. our roundtables, and you obviously came up, Maceo, because you shot Gramercy with them. And, you know, it's, it was really funny to hear the parallels about their relationship with you and then Sam, how you, they brought up the first time they met you and how they automatically were like, this guy gets it. Like, we're on the same page about story. And, you know, it just sounds like you two also had that experience where you just feel a connection. It's almost like dating. Like you meet someone and you're like, wait, mm -hmm. this person just like, <laughs> we get each other. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, cause they spoke about their experience making Gramercy with you. So I think it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about you and that project and um, how you brought that to life. Yeah. Um... I love Pat and Jamil so much. <laughs> I love those guys so much. We, I mean, we're brothers and I think we're going to be brothers for till the end of time, you know, like it's, it's really that kind of dynamic. So I'm, I'm fortunate to have, uh, have started our, you know, started our creative lives together in our, in our, um, and hopefully we're going to be doing many more projects together. Gramercy. Um, I now I'm not exactly sure how I oh it was Claire McGinnis that's right Claire introduced me to Pat and Jamil and we had a we had a coffee um I think it was this this one time we went we met and we had a coffee in Bed-Stuy and you know um started talking about the project it was really interesting to me and I think we just because of the sort of ease um you know the ease of our conversation and and the fact that we were sharing creative ideas and sort of on the on the same page with all of it, we were able to sort of dive right in 
and look for, you know, look for the truth in that story. Um, I think they talked about this incident that happened uh, on the project on day one, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, which was, <laughs> um, yeah, our main actor um, got into a car accident, uh, just oh, pulling out of his, it was his grandfather's driveway and, and he got hit and the car got totaled. He was fine, but this car was like a major part of um, our story. And so I think this is like one of the, the, I guess the reason I'm telling this because I think it's one of those moments where you have to come together. You have to really come together in a strong way and figure out what you're gonna do because there's this major element of your story that's changed, you know? And in this case, yeah. it was a car and thankfully not like, you know, Shaq himself like wasn't injured in any way. So, you know, we worked around that very big change in the story um, together. And I think that's just like a testament to the work that we did building our relationship prior to the start of the film and what was, you know, what was there and um, our willingness to sort of like start looking around for what, you know, what else was possible. Um, with you know with our given our given circumstances and we all have to do that like when we're making films it's like what do we have like what's our budget what's you know what's the time we have the sun's going down all these things are happening and you need to be like on the same team to deal with all of those things and get the most out of you know your day um and these days are precious like all of our days are precious you know what i mean and so you know to maximize like what we want to do artistically in the time that we have with the resources that we have the resources that we have is super important and I was able to, and I feel like, you know, we did that with Gramercy um, because of our relationship, if that, if that answers the question. At what point did you guys, was it always going to be in black and white or was that something that you guys ended up, do, you know, deciding while you were shooting? Um, it was shot in, in color. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and Pat and Jamal, I think after watching that story, I mean, there were, there were two different distinct, you know, psychological um, spaces that, Shaq was existing and I think that it was and I think as a um, a tool for you know for visualizing one of his um, psychological sort of like spaces that he existed in um, Pat and Jamil chose black and white and I, th I think it's really I think it really strengthens the story um, mm -hmm. it wasn't like I we didn't know that until after you know, production ended, though, or I didn't know that until after production ended. So it's really interesting to watch it. I've seen it both ways. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been really interesting to like also watch their creative process and, you know, and 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 see it develop, you know, into the film that Gramercy is, which I'm really proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing an early, early cut in color. And then when I finally saw, you know, the film that was released, there's just such a, a gravitas that gets added with the mm -hmm. black and white. You suddenly are in Shaq's mental state. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that just goes to show how filmmaking, you have so many options, so many creative choices where you can help the audience really dive into the narrative and into what your uh, characters are going through. Mm -hmm. um, Sam, I'm curious, what are you working on right now? We just wrapped, um, we just wrapped a film. Uh, we, we shot the second film in the Wait series. So that's in post. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is it a secret? <laughs> I mean, not really, but it is. I mean, we have, we're, we're still, in, it's in post right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're, it's kind of like this living in the same uh, space that it did in the first film. You know, we're kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's in post. Um, <laughs> so we did that. Um, I am 
working on like smaller projects, just, you know, uh, writing my long forms now that, you know, we, I think finding the silver lining of the time that we have, you know, during this kind of horrific and uncertain time, it's like, I'm trying to, uh, tackle the things that, uh, you know, that I, that I have finally the time to do. So the, there's long form scripts that need finishing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So post on that. And then we'll see what the new year brings, but I'm taking a little bit of a break because I kind of had a crazy month and a half in, in the city shooting that and, and working second unit on other jobs. <laughs> like, I'm take a break. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you yeah. need to recharge a little. A little bit. <laughs> I'm going to write during that whole process. My recharging is still working. It's just, you know, it's just writing. <laughs> so I can make sense of what happened the last couple of yeah. months. <laughs> Maseo, I'm curious if it was um, challenging almost to when you read scripts as an operator and then suddenly you're reading scripts as a cinematographer, was that like an easy transition in your brain? You're like, okay, now I know what to look for. Or did you find that you had to work for it? Uh, Yeah, it's different. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, obviously as a DP, you're sort of considering a lot more. And I mean, as a, as a cinematographer, like, I, you know, I'm there to serve the, the vision of the director and the, the DP. And I think that in the conversations I was having with the DPs I was working with, you know, that was, cl- it was clear. And they were sort of like processing what, you know, their version of the story to me. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'm, you know, reading the script and trying to sort of work with my directors to, to find that story, which is a little bit different than somebody sort of bringing their vision to you. So we're finding it together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a lot, and and I t- I mean I take it very seriously, and I really go in um, on these scripts. So there's you know I feel like I'm really like mining for the you know the mining for I keep on saying that, but mining for the truth and mining for like where the power is in there and how I can you know and how I would it you know sort of articulate it visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it's new. <laughs> it's a new one. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you too. I, I'm so happy that you guys joined us. Seriously. Like, thank, thank you for introducing yeah. us. Yeah. yeah thank you for playing matchmaker. Oh my God. Anytime. I'll yeah. Anyone listening. If you, if you want to be matched up, uh, hit me up. I'm launching my, She's legit. <laughs> my matchmaking services in the phone community. I know. I know. I know. Drew. <laughs> you're going to get, get hit up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I just want to thank you again for sharing this time with us. Um, before we log off, I want to give a quick shout out to the rest of the film roundtable team. We have Aaron Weil, who Maceo mentioned, uh, Matthew Wolf, Doug Torres, and Bradford Young. So quick applause for the whole team. Um, we also have Dominique McBride, our fantastic intern. So thanks to her. And yeah, for everyone listening, uh, please follow us on Instagram at Film Roundtable. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and to our YouTube channel to, you know, see these videos whenever you want. Um, so thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Bye. Thanks.